All right, welcome into the Cardinals Plus podcast. We got a full house in here for game one of the NLCS against the Nationals. I'm Corey Miller. I'm here with Hannah Yates, Andy Moeller, and Ahmad Hicks. Tonight, we're recording this on Friday. Game one tonight, Nationals in town against the Cardinals in the NLCS. Listen, uh, we've been doing these a long time. We've been pretty pessimistic, some more pessimistic than others. Mike Bush isn't here to defend himself, but that's who I'm talking about. Um, that the Cardinals would even be close to this position, but they're here. Four more wins and the Cardinals are playing for the World Series. Uh, no matter how optimistic you were, I think everybody's a bit surprised that the Cardinals ha- have, have done as well as they have in the playoffs so far. Um, we got Miles Michaelis tonight going up against Anibal Sanchez, and I think we'll get to this eventually. But I think the Cardinals are going to have a pretty big advantage in this NLCS, and it starts on the mound. Yeah, that is very, very true. I mean, you look at the Nationals' starting rotation, Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg. Obviously the better pitchers. Yeah, for but, sure. But I think— And I, a manager who's not reluctant to bring him in to close out a game like like right. Max Scherzer. But that might come back to bite him here. Those guys have to be fatigued. They both—all they, of them pitched twice during the NLS, uh, DS. They're all fatigued at this point. You have to love that Miles Michael has only pitched once in our for us, and Adam Wainwright. Well, he well. came in and did one yeah. inning in— uh, Yeah, one, one inning. Game but, four. Yeah, but, but that, yeah. that's, that's not what Strasburg and Corbin no. and Scherzer and all of them were doing in their previous series. So I think they may be a little fatigued towards the end of this series. Uh, and I think the Cardinals, you got to love Wayno at home, and you got to love Michaelis at home. So. Yeah. And Flaherty starting game three on the road. you got to love that. Well, the more important thing is I think it's a focus, certainly, that you have to win games started not by Max Scherzer, yeah. Patrick Corbin, or Steven Strasburg. Tonight's game is really important. I'm not going to say Anibal Sanchez is not a is not a capable pitcher, uh, but he's not Strasburg, he's not Scherzer, and he's not Corbin. This is a game you got to really target as wanting to win. For I sure, agree. you got to win game one. One hundred percent. And I think that a big, really aspect for Miles Michaelis heading into tonight's game will be really having high stamina, really striking some of these guys out. And you're looking at the Nationals and what some of their strengths are, and one of their biggest strengths is stolen bases, right? So they tied the Cardinals for most stolen bases in the National League and really just keeping a focus on that, striking some of these guys out and making sure that guys like Turners aren't taking control of the base paths. Yeah, I think the Yacht father will have that covered. I think he's got it. There's, I mean, there's been – is Acuna the only guy to even attempt one on Yacht and he threw him out in the – I, they, I he, someone else got a solo base in that series. Yeah, he I didn't throw someone, someone else. Yeah, did, someone yeah. else got a solo I'm base. pretty confident with Yachty back there. Um, he will certainly make people think twice before they take off. That's for sure. So the Nationals haven't announced their game two starter yet. Oh, they yet. did. They just did, did they? Scherzer. Okay, perfect. Yep, that's Scherzer. what I was going to say. If yep. they hadn't, that's who I'm, listen, as a baseball fan, oh, I want to see that so bad. I want to see yeah. Max Scherzer pitching in the NLCS in St. Louis. And didn't he just go up against Wayno at the he end of the did. season? He did. It was did. a good game. Yeah, in, that, in yeah. that series here at Bush uh, a little at the end of the regular season. Yeah, tomorrow oh, should be pretty awesome. The, size, uh, the skies will be sunny. The weather will be Hopefully. You, know, you don't think there will be a little intensity out on the out on the mound with Max Scherzer and Adam Wainwright? So Frank Cusimano, our sports director, was uh, – texting and he called Scherzer's dad to see if he was going to be in town last time when he faced Wainwright in that big game. His dad was so mad he had scheduled a business meeting up in like Toledo or some somewhere. He was so mad he missed it. I don't think he's going to miss tomorrow. Oh, no, no definitely not and missing I'm, it. He'll have a lot of people there, that's for sure. And I actually heard Frank's conversation on the radio with him and he was discussing how, uh, you know, Frank asked him, so you know, do you guys, you know, have lunch or, you know, or, or, or you guys keep in contact? We have a phone conversation or whatever. And he said after Scherzer pitched on what was that Monday night, I guess it was, mm-hmm. that, uh, that he got a call at uh, 1.30 in the morning 
um, that Scherzer called him after the game was over, and you know, and they had a good conversation. And and Frank said, "Wow, he's calling you at one thirty in the morning. You you must have been half asleep." And he goes, "No, I I hadn't even really gotten to sleep yet because I'd been watching the yeah. game." So you know, anyway, so going into the NLCS. I mean, I think we've all got kind of recency bias. The Cardinals scored 13 runs, so it kind of feels like the offense is fine now. But they scored 13 runs in the first four games combined. Right. So there's still a problem that looks like it's it's going to be a problem. For Who sure. do we want to see just kind of step up, besides Marcelo Zuna and Paul Goldschmidt, who have been really good so far in the postseason, who's the next guy that has to contribute, do you guys think? Paul DeYoung. That's exactly who I was going to say DeYoung. as well. He has to show he can do more than just hit home runs. This guy has so much power, he hasn't even so done that much in the potential. Postseason. Yeah, and he has to contribute. He's down at the bottom of the lineup. If you can bring in some guy like that with the value he has and have him hit for you know base hits yeah. at the eighth slot, well, you know, that's pretty good. I'm, I want to see him at least hit the ball. He's not even making contact. He's not moving guys over he can't get a sack fly to save it i mean i want to see him at least do something positive imagine if you can get the number eight hitter to start driving in some runs at the bottom of the lineup and tee it all up for fowler wong yeah. and goldschmidt and ozuna again like you need the young to show up. my guy's fowler and yeah. i think he is gonna i mean the stats don't show it but he had really great at bats in the nlds he was taking counts deep he was hitting the ball hard it was just right at people and he wasn't getting the results so I think uh, Schultz taking some heat, I guess, for leaving him up at the top of the lineup with his, his batting average like 100 in the playoffs. But I'm keeping him right there because I think he's going to break out, and that's my guy for the NLCS. I sort of feel like hitting the ball on the nose is sort of a step in the progression of a slumping hitter. Yeah. You start off where you you know, you know have no clue you know, and you're frustrated and whatever, and then you start to get a little bit of a clue, and then you start to really nail the ball, but it's right at people. And I think the next logical step after that is he's going to start hitting the ball hard and it's going to be, it's going to find holes. What about you, Hannah? No, definitely I was going to say Paul DeYoung. And I think when you have that consistency from him, you've seen the way that he can help take over games in those situations. You've even seen a spark from a guy like Tommy Edmond in some of these games. They think some of these players, some of the younger guys, it just provides a spark throughout the lineup. Obviously, Marcelo Zuna has really good numbers against some of these starting pitchers, so I think that's going to come in clutch. But Paul DeYoung, like you mentioned, it's just been so important for him in the spot that he's in to really help get on base, not just driving these runs, whether it's a home run or a strike out but actually get on base that's when you've seen the Cardinals have more success the one thing I'd like to add about the young is that he's been dropped down in the order because he hasn't been hitting the ball very well I would like to see him you know hit the ball uh, again consistently so that he's moved up in the order and he's yeah. he's a nice follow-up to right. to Goldschmidt and and Ozuna because you know say as much as you will I love Yachty He's not a five-place hitter. No. He's only there because DeYoung is not hitting the ball. That's a good point. I really think he uh, Yachty's best served being further down in the order. Let's get to like a couple more points here. I don't think I don't think Frank and I talked about this last time, but since then it's become like I don't know. I don't want to call it a controversy because it's not really Mike Shields' post-game speech. <laughs> so I was. I mean, we were in there. I didn't even see Mike Shields in there the whole time. Uh, we were in the locker room. Honestly, I don't know where he was at. I guess he was at the podium doing stuff. But then we come and Frank's like. Did you see this? Like, what what happened? Randy Rosarina streamed Mike Schultz's private. Oh, my God. I didn't know he talked like that. Well, I guess I'm not too surprised. But still, now it's kind of blown up into this whole thing. 
Although I don't think it's as much of a thing, because I haven't seen that many people, like, bashing him or anything. I mean, look, to, being a former collegiate athlete, high school athlete, coaches talk like that on a daily basis. Yeah. They talk like that before practices. They talk like that before games. Some coaches don't swear a lot. Some do, but sometimes that's needed when you're talking to a group of men and get them fired up. I mean, you, after a series like that, yeah, you, come on now. You, you can't be – I would tell you this. When I had a college coach, I won't name his name, but he used to yell at us, and he wouldn't drop any curse bombs. And we literally used to look at each other and just be like, is this really getting you fired up? Like, is this guy really motivating you? So when you see a Baruby or Shield drop some f bombs like that and just well, get you riled up after a big win, especially Mike Shield. I mean, you don't on. expect he that. He looks, from he him. looks, he looks like a fourth grader who's kind of looking out of the corner of his <laughs> yeah, eye to see I if mean, mom or dad is going to say, "You shouldn't be talking like that." I love it. He should ben. keep it up. He should give him a motivational speech like that before tonight's game. The more important fact is, I think Randy Rosarina needs to be sat down and explained that what's what stays in or what goes in the clubhouse. Yeah. Stays in the club. Well, I like Schilt's response to the whole thing. He came out, he apologized for the language, but he didn't really apologize for the That's moment. Perfect way. And to then, and then he came out and he's like, you know, I love Randy. He's fine. I'll give him, I'll give him a pass here. He knows he messed up. Good learning uh, lesson. Yeah, he, but he'll he know said better. He will, he will not apologize for having passion, and I love. Well, that. so we'll and he shouldn't. And so, players say that after a big strikeout, I'm pretty sure they drop an F yeah all the time. Just so go back, go back and watch the Blues raising exactly. the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Now, you know, I, I guess the, the big question here and, you know, as being the senior member of this podcast in this room right now, <laughs> is anybody really surprised that a profane tirade goes on in the clubhouse? I mean, no, come on. Really I guess well, the fact that we're looking at the fact that, you know, the, that Mike Schultz looks like a choir boy. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's really, that's really they the They used point to here. joke Mike Matheny was the only manager you could leave mic'd up out there in an argument oh, with 100%. the home plate umpire because that man I don't think has ever sweared in his life. Yeah. I don't think you could, I used to think that about Mike Schilt, but I guess not. You know what? I no, was thinking anymore. about Mike Schilt, and you've seen a couple of curse words maybe mouthed by him yeah. on Fox Midwest in some of the games. But I think the difference is Craig Burby, it's almost built into his vocabulary, right? Oh, I well, feel like yeah. the sport of hockey is just different than the sport of baseball. So it's almost expected what you're yeah. watching the broadcast, like you mentioned when they're raising the Stanley Cup, you just kind of expected that to happen. And I feel like when Mike Schiltz may be approaching officials or people who are high up in the MLB, maybe he wouldn't even in an anger moment really say those things. He seems like a really respectful guy. Yeah. I feel like this was a situation well, where he's really just trying to be one of the if boys. If he didn't know it was going to go up. everywhere, he wouldn't have done it. <laughs> right. He thought it was private. Right. That's how it goes. No, there's nothing wrong with the end of story. I think we'll be done talking keep, about keep it. Yeah. yeah, keep doing it. Well, we won't be done. T- we'll be using it as... But, like man. more fire, and people are making T-shirts that are hilarious. People so. said something after his first speech when they won the NLC, well, the the one sixty two. Yeah, and they popped champagne. He said, "We're going to do this again." again and the again, yeah, I like the that one. The World Series. So everybody is going to complain about All right. something. Two more quick things here before we wrap up this episode. Uh, I wrote a story this morning. Looking back, the last time these two teams met was one of the. Uh, Game five of the 2012 NLDS is one of the best games I've ever seen as a Cardinals fan. And the whole Pete series. Cosma's shining The moment. whole series was pretty good. But man, going back just like play by play of that game, Nationals fans, I think, just still, they see Cardinals and they're just, they got to be immediately depressed. Because if you remember that game, the Nationals were winning six to nothing against Adam Wainwright after three innings. And it kind of felt, who said this? Was it Schilt or was it Moselock or. Uh, Wainwright, one of the guys I had in the locker room felt like when the Cardinals scored those 10 runs in the first in game five here, they're like, oh, this feels like that the National. Mosaic. Like the Nationals felt in 2012. So keep on it, keep on it. We know what can happen. But, I mean, the Cardinals end up coming back. Daniel, it's called the Pete Cosma game because he gets the eventual game-winning hit. Descalzo had a home run in the eighth, 
and the two RBIs in the ninth to tie the game with two outs. I mean, I went back and watched highlights of that game this morning. It's insane. You think of the 2011 Cardinals for the dramatics, but they kept it up for a few years after that. It really kind of gave us hope that maybe there was going to be a repeat. Yeah. But, uh, but no. It, uh, the Giants were too good. Yeah. Okay, so before this series starts, let's get it locked in here. I know Ahmad likes to talk himself up of how he makes good predictions and stuff. <clears throat> you guys take a, listen, take a listen to the last podcast. <laughs> so what do we think? Cardinals, Nationals, uh, how many games? Who takes it home? I'll say this first. Uh, if it was the Dodgers... I was definitely going to pick the Dodgers over the Cardinals, mm. but it's not the Dodgers. So I'll let, go, I'll let somebody go first, and then I'll... I'd like to start off saying how the last podcast, if you guys listened to it, I said the Cardinals, the winner of the Cardinals and Braves series was going to the World Series. I still believe that. Um, I think the Cardinals win in six. I say only six because I bought my grandmother tickets for game six, so I would love for them <laughs> to finish in game six in front of her. But no, seriously, I really do think the Cardinals win in six. Um, with Wayno, with Michaelis, Flaherty, I know the, sh- the Nationals have a, a great starting pitching core, but I really think they get two out of the first three games, and I think Flaherty going to game three in Atlanta will really be the tone setter for them. Washington. I mean, Ooh, Washington, yes. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wait, are you yeah. picking Washington? Or are you no, 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 no. I, 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 he I just, oh, he's yeah, correcting. Just, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, I thought that you were so making that statement. No, yeah. just, a little, just a little correction. No, I'm going to pick the Cardinals, and I'm going to say it's going to go the full seven. I just think it's uh, it's going to have to come down to a, to a winner-take-all here at Bush Stadium. I think the Nationals' pitching is going to be really hard to overcome um, because, you know, I've had trouble with my garage door this week. Okay, you're wondering where oh, I'm here going we to go, go with this. Uh, you know, where it would work, and then it wouldn't work, and it would work, and it wouldn't work. It's like the Cardinals' offense, yeah. you know, 13 runs in four games, and then all of a sudden 13 runs in, you know, in game five and 10 in the first inning. So which, you know, are we going to see a combination of that Cardinal offense? Yeah, I, I do. I think there are going to be some games where they're just not going to hit. So it's going to yeah. take the full seven before they win. Anna, what do you think? All right, well, I'm up third, but I'm going to go with the same type of prediction. So kind of running out of numbers here, but I am <laughs> going to say Cardinals in seven. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think each team has their strengths. I think the Cardinals starting pitching has the advantage because they're going to be more rested. They've not had to make appearances other than Michaelis, like you mentioned, in all of these relief appearances, the way the starters have had to for the Nationals. I still think those starters for the Nationals will come out strong. We've seen their numbers and we know who they are. But I think the Cardinals bullpen will really have an advantage here as well. Um, I think you're going to see that come into play. But Cardinals offense has to be consistent. They have to actually get on base. It's not just going to be a strikeout home run type of situation. I don't think you're going to see as many home runs like you did uh, in the last divisional series. Weather's cooling off. Right. The weather's cooling off. It's just a different situation. So I'm going to say Cardinals in seven. I do think overall they'll have more an advantage um, in these situations. And you have more guys who are healthy for the Cardinals right now. I think that'll come into play as well. So that's the way I'm going to go. Oh, I like those. I like those. The Nationals, they got mojo. I'm not going to deny that at all. Winning their first, the first postseason series by a Washington, D.C. baseball team since 1924. And just the way they won it, um, that was a crazy game to watch. What's their motto? Stay in the fight? Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. I mean, they're good, but I think the Cardinals pitching staff is set up better than theirs. I, I and, agree. And I think, you know, Scherzer and Strasburg, these guys are horses. But I think that took that first series took a toll on them. And if high the stress innings. High right? stress innings. If the Cardinals get out to like a two nothing lead in this series, I think it could be over early. Honestly, because uh, the Cardinals are just set up better. Imagine if the Cardinals were up two to nothing, then they got Flaherty in Game Three. Exactly. That just feels like suffocating. Um, That's why I do think. Six. I think it's going to go six though. Um, 
because it's baseball and weird stuff happens, and I bet we're going to see some more weird stuff. But I, I was just thinking this. No, I didn't think the Cardinals would go to the World Series this year after watching their regular season. <laughs> but I didn't think the Cardinals would go to the World Series we didn't think in the 2006. Blues either. <laughs> I didn't think the Cardinals would go to the World Series in 2011. The teams that are not set up, well, maybe not not set up, but the ones you don't think are going to happen in this town, they end up making a run. Right. Um, I think this is another one of those teams, and they just don't they don't care about anybody. They're just going out and playing. It's very apparent. They're like, you know what? We're just here. Maybe nobody thinks we're going to win, but we're going to here. We're going to do our best, and I think that attitude is going to work for them. Right. You know, again, let's quote the, let's quote the choir boy, uh, manager Mike Schilt. <laughs> no one has more cojones than we do. There you go. Hey. <laughs> there you go. It should be fun. Game one tonight at Bush Stadium on Friday should be a good one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Cardinals Plus Podcast. Be sure to download and subscribe. And also rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends. Join in on the conversation. Thanks for listening.